is a fourth heaven beyond that which is known to godly man. It is a heaven as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the heaven of imagination. It is an area we call the twilight, I mean, the preacher zone. Zone podcast portion of the show. This is when we have an opportunity to sit with the pastors, find out what they were thinking in the messages that they shared, and to be able to bounce ideas back and forth. One of the things about the Preacher Zone, that uh, especially if you're new to the program, is this. With things going on in the world today, it's pastors taking a look at what the Bible has to say about the current events and the current things happening in our nation, the world, etc. People are going to get saved. You can have laughter. There'll be sad times or whatever. So what I'd like to do right now, we have uh, Pastor Todd, Pastor Steve, and Pastor King with us. We also have the professor, Kevin, who is with us. And let's go ahead. We're going to start with Pastor Steve. And Pastor Steve, in your message, it was very interesting. You began with saying that things that used to be bad are now good and things that used to be good are now bad. Very interesting take. What led you to that? Today's age, we are living in a very selfish world where it's all about me, 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 me. Uh, We want everybody to like us. We want everybody to accept us. We want everybody to think the way we think. And if they don't think or they don't accept the way we dress or the way that we are, then we think that they have a problem when in reality, we're the ones with the problem. Common sense just went out the window. That's where we're at right now. Are you saying that I have a problem? <laughs> you have a problem. You were looking at me when you were saying that. You have a problem because you can't comb your hair right. <laughs> we're going there. Okay. No, 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 we're going there. I, I, no, no, no. He has a full head of hair. It's okay. He, he is 100% black hair up there. Can't you see it? I can see it. Can't you see it? Show is brought to you by Rogaine. Yeah, that, that's what's called the microaggression. No entiendo. Yeah, and you, you're making microaggressions against Pastor King, too, because of his chrome dome, you know, so. Very interesting. Yeah. You know, uh, Pastor Steve, you know, since you, you jumped in there, we're talking about the, those that have follicle challenges. But uh, in your message, you were talking about how the Lord is being crucified, being able to point out his mother and and the importance of the relationship with his mother and brother in that. What led you to bring that out? Well, I mean, we were trying to do the seven last sayings or words of Jesus, and I kind of drew that one, and it it just popped up, and it was it was different because it was relational, and here he is working to make sure that his mother, who's obviously a widow by now, that he's still going to to take care of his uh, firstborn duty. And I don't know what prior agreement he had, but allow the apostle John to be responsible for his mother's care after, after he was gone. So he says this from the cross, an excruciating pain, which totally surprised me. But it also shows... Uh, the deep love that Jesus had even for his own his own family despite you know being the Messiah 
of the whole world, yeah. Pastor King, you took us on a journey from Gethsemane to the cross. You all drew the last words of Jesus, but uh, give us your thoughts behind that. Look, when I was looking at Jesus on the cross, and then I began to think about his life prior to getting to the cross, because that's just that's the part there. But there was so much that took place prior to him getting to the cross that I thought needed to be brought out. And so that when we get to the cross, we have a full picture of Jesus. What did you see? What did you glean or from each other? First thing that hit me is when Steve emphasized the word them. And he asked the question, who qualified as them? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And uh, you may have been looking at me, but most definitely the way you said that and asked that question, uh, it's like that goes with what you were saying earlier. Uh, we don't always take what Jesus says personally. It's for that other fellow over there, that other person and not me. I think that's kind of what you were saying, right? Yes. That uh, When he was at the cross, he was thinking about us. We were part of that them, them, you know. We, we, we really didn't recognize that uh, even when he was on the cross, Jesus wasn't thinking about his pain, his suffering, and what he had gone through. But what he was thinking is what he needed to do for us in order for us to have salvation. It's always about the other guy. It's never about him. And, and today in the day, I want to go back to saying, you know, we're in a selfish world where all we think about is me, 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 and me. I used to have... Uh this lady, when I would make a point preaching years ago, she had this flying elbow that she would hit her husband with as if to tell him, he's talking about you in this sermon. And she'd let that elbow fly. And then you'd almost see him like get in an argument in the church pew because he would turn, he'd, he would have his hearing aid turned down so that he couldn't listen to her sometimes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sounds like me. <clears throat> My wife always tells me, you don't listen to me. Oh, I listen to you. I just choose choose not to hear you. I was thinking about when Pastor Todd, when he mentioned about Jesus, mentioned about his mother and how he didn't forget about his mother, even in that most, this painful time of his life, he still thought about his mother. And I was thinking about a lot of times when we get into the church and we get saved, sometimes we are too saved and we forget about other family members. We're so engulfed in the church that we forget about uh, family, and sometimes it's hard to even think about others when you're in pain yourself. And so, for Jesus to be there and be suffering the way he was suffering, he still made sure his mom was taken care of because Joseph had passed away up to that point. But he did not want to leave his mother out, and I believe that is what brought him to the point where he said, "It's finished too," because he made sure his mom was taken care of. Now, what I'd like you all to do is take your messages, okay, the messages that you shared. And then blended it or bring it to today, how what we can walk away with what we see happening with the world. And so it's kind of a compare and contrast or however you want to look at it. I think he set the example for us. I mean, none of us would have to pay the price that he paid. But because uh, he's in our life, he said if we suffer with him, we'll reign with him. And so we can't take suffering out of this relationship with, with God. It's a part of the process. And so because he showed us how to do it, we had a good example, right? And so he's our point of reference as believers today. We're going to go through some things. 
I think when Jesus was thirsting, I kind of didn't get to it because the timer guy was cutting me off. But uh, I think Jesus was thirsting for souls when he was on the cross, too. And he was thinking about people he wanted to draw into his kingdom as he looked up to him. And uh, he thirsts and he enjoys, I think, when we lead people into the light and make those friendships and offer up those prayers for the spirit to move in the neighborhoods where we live. Kevin, you're taking, you were, you were hosting tonight, you know, just some of your thoughts uh, on the messages and uh, your experience with this uh, preacher zone. I think tonight went really well for the preachers. They did an awesome job tonight. I think when we compare from the first show, um, nine day difference i saw three wonderful um, sermons and thank goodness that we have the blood of christ instead of blood of animals so that's the way i look at this that you know today is really a special day when you think it from that perspective that you know we have a very simple message in these last two thousand years compared to you know prior to that what's interesting about this thank you for that kevin is that uh, with the preacher zone this is an opportunity where you get to hear the message, but then you you all get to dissect it. It's like a, almost like a, if you were watching the if you're watching football on Sunday, right? It's a pregame show, postgame show. That's what it seems like with the preacher zone, you know. And this is something that's growing and evolving and so forth. Your thoughts on that? I'll throw that out there. Anybody jump in? I was going to say, oh, one of the things that this part of the Bible it it, it tells the story of Jesus suffering for us for our sins and the price that he had to pay for our salvation. And one of the things that I think that today in age is that we don't value that sacrifice that he did. I mean, we don't, we take it for granted, you know, but we need to stop and, and actually just close our eyes and see how much suffering and how much pain he went through. And it's like, you know, King was saying he had the opportunity to back out if he wanted to, but he chose not to. He, he, he chose to go through it because of us. Because he knew if he backed out, there would be no hope for us. There would be no salvation for us. But he did what he did for love of us. And so he gave his best for us. And I think it's, it's time that we give our best for him. It's, it's never been about us. It's always about him. He deserves all the glory. He deserves all the praise. It's for him and through him. And it's all for him. He just happens to love us so much that he actually chose us as his children. He was willing to pay the price for our salvation. And that's something that we should never take for granted. And when he said it is finished, it is finished. Our Lord Jesus Christ has done everything. There's no more than he can do for us. Our price is paid in full. Our past sins, our present sins, and our future sins are paid for already. A lot of times we try to do things to justify ourselves or to to act like we deserve God's mercy, but we don't. He paid the price for it already. It's a God-given gift that we should accept, treasure, value, and take care of. No, I will say, and he knew, the, the amazing thing about his life is that he knew what he would have to endure when he was a little boy growing up. He'd already seen the picture. He, he knew that. And life didn't get easier for him as he got older. And he still kept going. He kept going. He would heal the sick, raise the dead. And he knew what he would have to endure. He knew his time here 
was three years. He knew that. And that he was going to be left alone. But because of the salvation and man being disconnected from God, and he was the only way for us to get back to God, he had to go through it. But one of the exciting things about Jesus is that no man took his life. No one could have taken his life. He freely laid it down, right? And so this is what he's saying to us. We have to freely give, all right? And even though we're going to go through some things and it's going to be hard and there's times when we, it's going it's to be like we're by ourselves, but know that the Father said he'll never leave us nor forsake us and that he'll always be with us, all right? Just like he was with Jesus no matter what. And Jesus, man, I tell you, there's, like I said, there's nobody on this earth that has ever walked like Jesus. No other preacher that has ever preached like Jesus. Pastor King, you pointed out, and it was just really hit home, which was the Lord never quit. When it was finished, he said it was finished. And we as human beings, we can quit very easy. Guess what the Lord is saying? Don't quit. Rely on him and keep going. Yeah, I think he uh, he doesn't quit today either. And that really just hit me when you used just that simple word, quit. He had ample opportunity to quit many times along the way. I think the devil was whispering, had enough? Had enough. And I wonder if, uh, isn't that what the devil's whispering to the church today? Had enough? You ready to quit? Because we're about to get into it. We are about to get into it, those who proclaim the gospel. About to bring it on. And who are the, the priesthood of Jesus Christ, the church. So, we don't quit. I was going to say, uh, about a week or two ago, I shared a message with the congregation. And I told them, how deep is your love or how deep is your faith in God? How far will your faith take you? How far will your love take you? As long as you have money in the bank, as long as you have a job, as long as you got good health... Will you follow Jesus? How about when he takes one of your kids or when you have sickness in your health or when you can't pay your bills? Do you start, do you start doubting about God's love for you? How, how strong are you going to hold on? What would it take for you to give up? What would it take for you to quit? Are you willing to suffer? Are you willing to withstand whatever it comes? That's, that's what God is looking for us. Hey, you know, I was I was thinking about a testimony uh, when uh, Pastor Steve was talking about my my son when he was eighteen months about eighteen months old. He had a um, we were closing out in prayer. My son was standing next to me, and he was getting ready to just fall out, and his eyes rolled up uh, in his head. And um, we were about five minutes away from the hospital, and so we rushed him to the hospital and. Uh, when we got him there, his fever had went up to 105. And the doctor said if we hadn't gotten him there in that time, he would have died. And they put him in a tub of ice. Um, and I had told the Lord prior to anything really like that happening in my life, God, I will never, I'll never leave you. I'll never, it doesn't, I don't, it doesn't matter to me what happens. I'll never stop because I realized what he saved me from. But that test that night there, uh, when I seen my son, in that tub of ice and I couldn't do anything but pray and just believe God. And when his fever came down, we got him home. And I remember sitting at the front door 
and I had I had put I laid my son on my chest and his fever came back. It was called a fever, a fever seizure, something like that. And my chest was so hot. And I heard the Lord speak to me. He said, if I took him away from you, will you still serve me? And I said, yes, Lord. It was just, I didn't, yes, Lord. And from that day to my son is 33 years old. He never had another seat. Never had another one. It was that moment right there. And it was at that moment right there where I can see when Abraham and Isaac, when he was getting ready to sacrifice Isaac, and God said, nope, there's a ram in the bush. And then when Jesus separated from the Father, and could I stand my son being separated from me, would I still serve him? And I said, yes, Lord. God will never share his glory or his space. And he knows that some of us have other lords before him, whether it be our wife, our kids, our job, our money, our possessions. And so he sometimes he'll go, okay, do you really love them better than you love me? And when, oh, no, Lord, I'm going to serve you. I'll serve you no matter what, I'll serve you. Okay, well, then let me take that away from me. Do you still love me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let me take this away from you. Do you still love me? It'll get to the point where God's going to test you. Will you pass the test? He did it with Abraham. He's going to do it with every one of us. He did it with Job, too. Right? He said Job, Job was there. The Bible said Job, the thing he feared the most came upon him. What happened to him? His wealth, his kids, he got sick. The thing he feared the most came upon him. Well, Romans 8, 28. All things. All things. That means the good, the bad, and the ugly. All things. All things. What we're going to do right now is this episode, what a very special episode of the Preacher's Zone. We're going to wrap this up, and uh, we have a, we're going to do more of them, aren't we? Uh, we're working that way, yeah. 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 Kind of feeling our way. And uh, the Preacher's Zone, you know, if you're listening, and we just thank you for your time in doing that, this is something that put on the hearts of several pastors and several of us who aren't pastors. We just ask you to stay with us as uh, this grows and evolves to where the Lord wants it to go. So I want to thank you once again for joining us in the Preacher's Zone. And until next time, God bless you. This concludes this episode of The Preacher Zone. We now return your podcast device to your regularly scheduled programming. Thank you for listening.